This is our fifth and our final week of our We Are Disciples series. We've discussed being people of the parentheses, having an open table to all, understanding what it means to truly welcome people, and how to piece together the fragments in order to create wholeness. Today, we discuss movement, more specifically, how to put all the things that we've learned into action, so that learning it is not simply just learning something, but we actually put it into practice. When you think about the word movement, what comes to your mind? Perhaps the movers and the shakers, the movements they've created, and the moves they had to make in order for those movements to be successful. Movements for equality, such as the civil rights movement, and all that that encompasses. Brown versus the Board of Education, Rosa Parks, the March from Selma, the Voting Act of 1965. We sometimes think of those large, big movements and all the many steps from all the many people that were taken in order for change to become a reality. We think about movements and we think about actions more than we think about words. We think about motions and we reflect on what is close to us and what we're currently going through. If you've recently had a surgery, when I say the word movement, you focus on the movement to that area of your surgery. And if you're able to achieve those personal goals that you've set for yourself. If you're in the process of training for a sport, a game, or a marathon, you focus on the movement necessary to achieve your best. Perhaps your muscles start stretching in your mind and you can mentally feel the necessary movement for accomplishing your best. For me, I hear the word movement and I think, I know movement. <laughs> I feel movement all the time from this little guy dwelling inside me. He kicks and he turns and he elbows his way through all of his somersaults. And while I feel all of that movement, I ironically also feel a lack of movement at times, like when I try to stand up. <laughs> movement is relative to where we are in life. But in each of these cases... Movement means that there is life present. In our scripture this morning, Moses was leading the Israelites out of their bondage of slavery, out of Egypt. During this move, there were no cardboard moving boxes like the one on the front of your bulletin. There were no suitcases like the ones in your closet at home. There weren't even grocery bags. Whatever they took with them, they had to carry in their arms. When your packing is that limited, 
you tend to be pretty picky as to what you take with you. You only take something of high importance and of high value to you, something that will help you get to your destination. For Moses and for the Israelites, it was Joseph's bones. Those bones did not simply remind them of their journey and of their history. Those bones were a reminder of hope on their long, winding journey. And that hope is what they needed to make it home. As I can testify, move is a four-letter word at times. Moving is not easy. Take an actual move, for example. It requires boxes and packing and sorting through items and labeling and carrying. It requires help from others, muscle, and Tetris-like skills to pack a moving truck. When we make changes in our lives and decide to move, we too determine what should be left behind and what we should take with us. When we moved here this summer, we had to make those decisions. What could we take with us? What did we want to take with us? What did we need to take with us? And what did we need to get rid of? I can count several trips to the donation drop-off locations in town. I can recount friends coming over and going through not only our donation items, but our refrigerator and our pantry before we moved. Every time we have moved, I've always been amazed at what we've been able to accumulate. Why do we have this? Where did we get that? I don't even know what that does. Things we didn't know we possess were suddenly objects of question. Do we keep it or do we let it go? Sometimes those two questions, what should we keep and what should we let go, are invaluable questions that reveal a lot about ourselves and where we are in the moving process. Two Saturdays ago, here in this very building, some of you were deciding those very things for this church. As you cleaned out closets and wiped away cobwebs, as you sorted through things, you asked, often out loud, does our church need this? Would this benefit our youth? Could the prayer shawl ministry use this? Who, who can use this so we can get it to them? It was a beautiful sight of movement. Movement by lots of different people, those very young and those very wise, of all skill sets and working, moving together to serve the whole, to serve you. Our actions have to be intentional. They have to be founded and rooted in something that we believe in in order for us to actually act upon them. 
It doesn't mean we have all the answers or that we get everything right. Trust me, we will not. But it does mean that we act out of love, trusting that that love will be enough. Being disciples, followers of Christ, ensuring the Lord's table is always open to all who approach it, to welcome others as God has welcomed us, and to keep the goal of wholeness in the forefront of our minds means we must intentionally act with love. We have to have faith that love is enough, that love is what actually changes things, that love is what actually motivates us. Faith that loving others just as they are is what changes things. Faith that loving and caring for our community will make our community better. It will make a difference here in Norwalk. Faith that love changes one life at a time. That, that's what we need. There are lots of studies that have been done on people and church. Simply put, most of those studies have concluded that people don't come to church anymore. Years ago, for better or for worse, people as a whole felt morally obligated to attend church. It was what everyone did, and it was what was expected. Over the last few decades, that has changed. People no longer feel they need church. They no longer feel they need a broader community. This is due in part on how society views church and churchgoers. As if we were a cult of hypocrites that think we have it all right. And it's due in part to the unfortunate message some churches force upon their congregants. Messages of unworthiness. Motivation brought on only by fear. And the need to conform and exclude. These are things people can do without. These are the reasons people feel they are strong enough to face life on their own. And that if... That has been their experience. I don't blame them. If that had been my experience with church, fear, unworthiness, and uniformity, I wouldn't be here with you today. Those are things the world throws at us every day. Why would anyone intentionally seek out more? Truth is, my first experience with church was love. I didn't grow up in the church, and I didn't have any desire to attend church. I reluctantly went on a church retreat, and despite my reluctancy, I experienced love and acceptance like I had never experienced before. People liked me just as I was. 
It didn't matter who my parents were or who my parents were not. It didn't matter if I had fancy clothes or old hand-me-downs. It didn't matter what I could or could not physically or mentally achieve. These people loved me. Without need for cause, they loved me. Love changes people. Love reaches out to people who are broken and down. Love can repair hurt and restore. Love can reconcile. Love motivates us to believe in something greater than ourselves and trust in something greater than ourselves. We love because God first loved us. And that love makes us believe and trust in this church, knowing that it is not a place of condemnation, but a place for imperfect people to gather and genuinely show love and care for each other. It's not simply a church, it's our community. A community that builds wholeness from the fragments of our lives, where we are all welcome and where we are all accepted just as God has accepted us. Let us all join the movement of love Love so amazing, love so powerful, that we are continually humbled by it. Love so great that we have no choice but to trust it and to build our faith upon it. Let us move towards wholeness as we move towards God's table of love this morning. Let us sing. I come with joy. Verses 1, 3, and 5. Number 420.